Hello and welcome to Audionautic Deep Space Network, episode 99. This is the Independent Musician's Guide to Production and Promotion. Today we've got a ton to talk about with our recent trip to NAM, the just-announced MPC Key 37, and a lot of changes happening at TikTok. Will it change the social media landscape as we know it? I don't know. Let's talk about it. It gets pretty crazy. Thanks to everyone who's joining us live and much love to all of our patrons who help support what we do. We've got quite the chat already. Just want to bring up Abby's in the chat. How are you doing? Smiling Errors is here. We've got Curtis doing double duty. <laughs> we also have Shady Ridge. Hello. Pat is in the chat. Welcome, everybody. Let us know what you've been up to. If you were checking out all the NAM coverage that was happening, uh, let us know what caught your eye. We're going to share what caught ours and i actually got to go uh, as audionautic and sunwarper so i got to check out a lot of stuff so we're going to talk all about that oh and sorry sc last but not least certainly not least sc is in the chat survey channel and eon lake so Hello. we got everybody we got okay. everybody so my name is sunwarper with me today is eon like our eon lake and curtis Hello. we're here hello it's uh, it's been. We're all out of practice. We're all out of sync. We have had some technical difficulties off the bat after taking a week off last week. Uh, but hey, we're here, inching closer to that hundredth episode. Um, we're basically Joe Rogan at this point, if you think about it in that regard. Um, but with synthesizers as opposed to, yeah, all of, yeah. That's scary. <laughs> right. Very scary. Uh, thank you ever so much for joining us. We've got a lot to get through. Our docket is full. I think our docket is five pages today. So we've got a lot to get through. Uh, that's insane. Um, a lot of gear, a lot of gear with lots of technical capabilities. So uh, let's get into it because, yes, some of you did manage to get to uh, go to NAM up the road for you. Uh, a slight different, what is it, like a 10 minute drive for you, 45 minute drive? It came to you. Yeah. yeah, it came to me, just me specifically. They were very kind this year. No, I think it's every year. Uh, I'm in Orange County. California, which is right next to Los Angeles. And um, I'm in the city of Orange and it's in Anaheim, but they're like right next to each other. So it's at the Anaheim Convention Center, which I think is about five or 10 minutes away from me. I mean, it was like a quick hop. Unfortunately, I only got to go Saturday and Sunday. And then right afterwards, I got really, really sick. So that was fun. But, you know, it's OK. It was worth it. It was well worth it. Uh, there was a lot going on there. That figures. Uh, okay. oh, thanks, thanks for covering that for us. That's mate. our coverage. That's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> Collect people. We'll More information yeah, from next year's NAM. No, the reason I have to take pauses is my throat <laughs> is still a bit sore. I'm still coughing, so I'm going to be riding the mute today. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll need some some fill in the gaps here because I might have to cough or just take a breather because today's the first day I could speak. I mean, it was good timing, but like. Yeah. It was the first day I could speak since that. So it was quite the event. But yeah, tons of gear there. Uh, I checked out a lot. We'll talk about some of my favorite software and a few pieces of hardware today. And then tomorrow on my channel, I've got a video where I got uh, where I'm checking out some of my favorite hardware. And then I also recorded a bunch of samples of just people performing things just all over the event. There's people playing. There's like there was one spot. A guy was playing a Hammond organ with a. Uh, a drummer so I, I sampled that and a couple other things put it on the sp404 and made a beat so tomorrow's video will be full of my favorites and then sampling some stuff so we've got a lot of coverage between the two channels but um dude it was crazy 
I got to check out some uh, really cool plugins, some great hardware, and then there were some demos, like Sound Toys did a demo. I'll show a little bit of that in a minute. But um, yeah, I think, Curtis, I, I, you put something that I didn't get to check out. Do you want to throw it in there or did you take it out? I took it out and put it in for next week because in the run for the show, I didn't do enough research for it. So and we've got a lot to cover. So I went with that. Okay. Um, so, so why don't we start with the why don't we start with the sound toys? What you got there? Yeah. So I, I, this convention center is huge. There's multiple just giant buildings. There's the main building that's just ginormous, and there's just as soon as you walk up the escalator, there's just booths of like all kinds, all kinds of guitars, synths, all that. So the first day I checked out that place, not even realizing there was a second building. And then as I was leaving that day, I saw the map and was like, wait, Sound Toys is here? So is uh, all these other plugin companies, Waves, all this stuff. Even FL Studio was there all in the other building. So I made it a point the next day. My first stop was to go to this other building all the way on the other side of the um, convention center. So Sound Toys had a cool booth and it was like perfect timing because when I got there, they were doing a demo and they were talking about creating rhythms using their effects so the the part i'm about to play uh the um, person demoing it just put white noise like just constant white noise as the main source and then used i think it was tremolator and filter freak to create hi-hats like a percussive hi-hat loop nice. live like not sequenced no midi nothing so let me find the video and uh, it's not a long video, it's just really short, but it'll show you kind of what the demo is. For my open hi-hat, I'm using the analog mode to push it really hard and compress it so it's got a little more of a percussive edge to it. But then I'm also pumping it into Filter Freak to do my on and off like I had on the wave pad. And it's also getting pumped. Yeah, so really quick, just wanted to show a little bit. Those hi-hats you heard, that was just white noise. And then he also showed if you don't have a white noise source, you can take little radiator or radiator. There's the two different versions and just turn on that white noise at the start of the plugin chain. And then if you use tremolator and all that stuff, you can get those hi hats. So that was really cool. Um, Ian, like you do a lot of crazy stuff with drums. Have you ever tried something like this? I know we all love sound toys so with them I or with anybody. Them. Yeah, yeah, because I've, I've got white and pink noise and various other colors of noise on the synthesizers here. So it's easy to plug them in with um, some modular stuff. And I was last trying it with the No Coast, actually, because it's got a low-pass gate. It can be a little bit snappier than an ADSR envelope. And uh, it was getting some good pingy hi-hat sounds. I mean... Everyone knows you can sculpt them out of white noise, but some sound better than others, basically. And that that sounded <laughs> more hi-hatty. Speaking as a drummer, that's more a technical hi -hatty. Term. I should probably explain that. That's a technical drumming term. Um, hi-hatty is um, something that's like a hi-hat. <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really want to give this a shot. Maybe we can cover it in the um, show sometime. Chat, let us know if you're interested in seeing what they were doing. We can kind of show it. Um, but I I just really like that they created it without any sort of MIDI. No, like, oh, I'm going to take this and throw it on the, you know, into Ableton or Logic and move it and create the hi-hat. They literally just took white noise, took an effect, a tremolator, set the, the rhythmic form, and it just made the hi-hats. And it, he was showing, I mean, a lot of their plugins have sort of rhythm generators like echo boy has one setting that you can set all these different rhythms and things like that eon uh not eon lake sorry curtis have you given this a shot at all 
I haven't now. I, I like to do other things. I haven't. This is actually something that intrigued me because I've never actually seen it been done before. So I'd be yeah. curious to kind of make that work because I mean, what's better? What better way to create a hi hat sound than from something that isn't a hi hat? Essentially, um, yeah, you know, in a world of samples and a world where every hi hat sounds the same, if you just get some noise and then chop it up in your own way, that sounds like a really fun way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing I've done with uh, Dallas stuff is like on the Diggy Tech, I took a rain and then created hi hats out of that by mm -hmm. using the slices and just, but it it was taking something that was already percussive and just slicing it up and doing some modulation to it. This is taking just a literal static sound and creating percussion through the effects. It just seems as someone who's very lazy, sometimes it seems like it'd be a nice way to just get a hi-hat going and not have to worry about it, set it and forget it. They showed a lot more of effects and stuff, but that was just a little taste I wanted to show. Um, I mean, we all love sound toys here. They also showed a bit with the new, what's that super plate? Is it? the big brother of little plate yeah they showed some of that and all that and i think they had chocolates mm -hmm. out as well so that was cool if you wanted chocolates the next one another plugin i've never heard of this company but i think they've been around for quite a while and uh i was i sat with them the person demoing for a while to show me all these different plugins but my favorite of them the company's called zynaptic and my favorite of them was this massive you could probably guess where I'm going, massive reverb and delay <laughs> called Adaptiverb. And what I loved about this was this was kind of like Valhalla Supermassive on steroids. So you could control um, EQs. You could do all kind of, all kinds of, um, they had this thing, it was like a harmonic filter. So it would find what was the proper sounds of the reverb and just take out everything else. And you could do it on a scale and you could even invert it so that it put all the stuff that you don't want it would actually put that all out there, but they got some crazy sounds out of it. This is the plugin adaptive verb. It's 150 bucks. Um, but there's a lot you can do. So if you look on the right side of that, like X, Y, that's where the harmonic filtering and all that stuff is. So that was what I really liked. It took, it kind of changes the reverb from sounding natural and things like that, but, um, it would, it would make it sit better in the mix. And then you could control the dry wet of that filtering and things like that. And I mean, he took this, no velocity, no uh, all quantized piano sound and added this and it just became this lush soundscape, like perfect for ambient. And then by bringing up that harmonic filtering, it reined it in to fit like a normal, not normal, but like a, a beat driven track and things like that. So we all love our lush, long tailed reverbs. And this kind of what I liked about this was this is a way to take that and still get it to fit if you want it to fit nicely in uh, songs and things like that. Yeah, like, have you heard of this plugin before? No, but I'm interested in the harmonic part of it because uh, I'm often e either EQing into or out of reverbs to try and get certain tones. And also changing, I find, the size of the reverb um, and the pitch of what you're putting into it, you know, can bring out certain tones. And uh, tweaking the size of it so that it fits the sort of pitch you're at is something that I do a lot as well. And I, I get the impression it's um, <clears throat> keying into something like that, but a bit more musically. So um, color me interested. Yeah, it's a little bit pricey, though, hopefully they do sales like everyone else. Yeah, they had another plugin, and I can't remember the name of it, but it did some sort of like reverse comb filtering or something where they took really bad audio and used it and it would bring up in an interesting way 
all of the high end. And so it would actually start to sound normal again. It was really trippy. I'll have to find the name and put it, but it, it, was, it was like magic uh, what it was doing, but it was really cool. Some of these plugins they, they had were really cool. And I had him demo the adaptive verb twice because I came during the first demo with some other people. And then he showed a couple other plugins and I was like, do you mind showing adaptive verb again? So I got to catch the whole demo. And oh. yeah, I, I was sold on that plugin. It looked really cool. Um, next up, this one I know is on Curtis's top of the list. Uh, <laughs> I saw Teenage Engineering were there. And so that was one of the first places I went to because I wanted to see if I could get my hands on the EP133. And they had multiple little arcade booths, just like an old school arcade where the EP133 was there. And then they had some uh, guides, like little directions and stuff. Um, really cool. The issue was there were no headphones. And it was really noisy right there. And there were multiple of these. So, yeah, you had to kind of just deal with it. So I, I messed around with a loop and things like that. Here's the EP133. Uh, cool little sampler. I liked it. I was hoping the knowledge of the PO33 would um, kind of translate over a little more than I felt like it did. It didn't uh, really translate much as someone who owns a PO33. This is a lot more intricate. Um but yeah, I think it's a really cool sampler. I wouldn't need more time with it to really make a judgment call on it. But if you're not, if you don't have a sampler or you're looking to get one, this does seem like a really cool way. And it, it was quick to just start getting a jam going on it and stuff like that. So I was appreciative of that. Curtis, are you still eyeing this one? I am. Yeah, I still can't. I decided it's time to get a sampler, whether I go for this or the SP. I'm still like on a daily basis to and throwing it. I'm an iron and you've got in my head a little bit because you're right a little bit more you get an sp404 which does have a lot more to it and it's also got like a cab sim and stuff like that in there which is always good but i this is really sleek and this is really nice and yes it's doesn't have as much sample memory time but also it just the the i'm snapping literally the snap ability the ability just to get going like you say it seems really intricate and it intrigues me i've always liked teenage engineer Mm. yeah and i did want to mention i have pictures of the booths that'll all be in my video tomorrow but one thing i that really caught my eye was right above the actual ep133 there there was a little text that said ep series Ooh. so i was that caught my eye because i was like does this mean they're going to be up updating other pocket operators into this ep line i hope so because mm. I'm, i'd love to see all of those it's nice to see those getting an update because uh yeah like Smiling Earth says, did they bring their desks? Yeah, because Teenage Engineering has a, a interesting <laughs> amount of uh, stuff in their catalog, shall we say. Uh, Just yeah. Do It is in the chat, says, ah, oh, a live stream, a synth live stream where I can complain about Akai being boring. Yeah, well, we'll get to Akai later. We got to go through all of Nam first. Uh, But they also added the KO might get better in the future as they're only using one of the two cores in it. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, they also mm -hmm. added... The voice stealing is killing it now, though. Yeah. How many voices is it? Is it a six stereo, 12 monophonic or something like that? Right. I think it's something like that, isn't it? Yeah, it something like that. But... More polyphony, really, couldn't it? Yeah. And I, I would like to see resampling that like that's the, mm. the killer for me is the lack it's of resample. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'd really like to see resample. I mean, that's me personally. I can already do it with the SP. So well, you have like an SP. These limitations, isn't it? Yeah, it's. It's interesting. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, though. I love the look of it. Seems really cool. Uh, the price is pretty good for what it is and all that. So, yeah, mm -hmm. it's 
I, I thought it was really interesting. I was just happy to get my hands on it and really actually see what it's like coming from the PO33. It's definitely a lot bigger than the PO33, but uh, still pretty compact. Ross says, uh, just buy two to resample. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you've got that or, you know. It's a Dex, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Right, slider. Next up, uh, there was a lot of really cool guitar pedals, which obviously can mm. be used with synths and things like that. Uh, I Boss was there. I was hoping Roland would be there with stuff from the SP and stuff, but they were not. But Boss was there. Uh, who else was there? Electro Harmonics. But I found some smaller brands. There was this Taiwanese company called Make Harm. I just had to shut. Uh, I don't know. There. Let's go. There we go. Uh, so I, sorry about that. Keep playing. But um, these were really cool pedals. They had some awesome art design. But yeah. after the event, I tried to find them because they gave me a QR code. They gave me all this. And it takes you to this website. It's an offshoot of the Maker Heart website. But um, there's nowhere to buy them. It just shows them doesn't say coming soon nothing like that so i was really impressed with the sound of the pedals but i couldn't find them anywhere to buy uh, i looked online and all that so i'm gonna email the company because i'd like to learn more about it so if i find out more i'll let you know um but we're always looking for interesting pedals to use in our setups and stuff i really loved the reverb from them and the chorus while it was a chorus it got crazy like i think the settings were kind of maxed but i really liked when you put the chorus with the overdrive and the reverb, you just got this crazy, lush, just like landscape sound. I, I like that. Yeah, uh, Just Do It says, what about the new Zoom pedals? I hear that. I hope they're hackable as the previous models. They were there. I didn't get to check them out much because uh, I saw them in that other building on the second day, but I was running short on time. So I just looked at them real quick, but they looked interesting. Um, yeah. And then uh, lastly, Korg. Korg had so much at the booth. I think they won best of show as well, but they had so mm -hmm. many synths out. They had the, I think they're either remaking or they had an old model of the uh, PS3300, which Eon, like that's the one Cherry Audio just did, right? Yeah, you did that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that thing, it was, it was in a glass booth, so I couldn't actually like check it out. I got a picture, but uh, it came out terrible because of the reflections and stuff, but... That was that looked cool, but they had uh, a ton of different synths out. The NTS One Mark II was there, and the first day I was there, I I got uh, absorbed into I got absorbed into the OP6 Mark II, and so I didn't get to check out the NTS One. I was like, I better go check out what else is on the floor. So I came back the next day to check it out, and it was gone. There was just an empty slot at the Korg booth where the NTS One was supposed to be. So. Oh. Nothing yet to report on that. I checked out, like I said, the OP6 Mark II, which is that what you have queued up there, Curtis? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. This thing. So this the one they had out was not the synth one. It was the desktop version. But I don't know. I guess the FM bug bit me or something because that just sounded so good. I checked out the ASM Hydra synth as well. Both of these like they're just so much in terms of like sound options and sound design and all that stuff it was a lot of fun i had to like like i said pry myself from the op6 because i just was on it just jamming around for a really long time and then i also checked out i, I don't know if you can uh, grab a quick picture of it i'll remove this but the chaos replay curtis do you mind seeing if you can 
pull it up real quick. I checked out, they had it on display, the Chord Chaos replay, which we covered a couple uh, weeks ago. That was kind of for a little while being labeled the SP404 killer and all that stuff. And I checked it out. It was there. That's it right there. Thanks, Curtis, for pulling it up. Hmm. Um, it didn't do it for me. It, it's not it for me. There's a lot going on, and it, it wasn't very immediate. Um, it, it's it's kind of like figuring out who's its market, in my opinion, because hmm. I think it's built much more for DJs, considering the chaos pad on it. The, the effects were awesome, and having the XY was a lot of fun, but to do any sort of like creating a beat or messing around with the sounds and stuff just didn't really really uh work for me now i'm sure somebody has it that you know there's people that have it and love it but i think also it's a show floor it's very busy there's a lot going on so that's probably something you need some time with but i don't know it it looks interesting it just doesn't seem like it's for me i'm curious if either of you curtis or eon lake uh still have your eye on this at all or you know what you think about it not really but I, I, looking at it i think you know it's got it's the follow in and outs i think are a bit of a dead giveaway and also you see where where it is in um in the hierarchy of their menu on the website it's under dj and it's got phono plugs on it not mm -hmm. not full-size jacks or balanced out in and out um and I'm wondering if it's more, you know, a, a mixture of a chaos pad and the ability to sample, you know, and loop bits that you're playing to help you with DJing and stuff like that, and less sort yeah. of like a hardcore production sampler and sequencer mm -hmm. and so on. Or yeah, something I, like the brain of a of a, a toolless rig or yeah, I want to say even that it doesn't uh, it doesn't even have a sequencer or something from what I recall. I don't know. There was something weird I remember when it came out that it was like something fundamental that seemed like it was missing. Maybe it's changed in a patch or something. But yeah, it, it as Just Do It says, it definitely felt like a DJ design. But with all those ads and stuff, it seems like it could be a lot more than that. And it was just a little disappointing that like I couldn't even it was just it was just strange you know like I, I guess i wanted it to be kind of more like the sp and it just isn't that but it, it it's a very mm. simple quality it seems kind of like even subconsciously that's what kind of going for in terms of like when you see it you know like oh something like that and uh yeah maybe if you're, you're some sort of creative genius you can find a, a weird way of using it that doesn't involve playing air horn samples in between tracks <laughs> yeah yeah, a couple bits of chat before we move on. Oh, actually, Curtis, I want to hear your take on the chaos, though. But uh, I think this is with regard to the OP6. You can mm -hmm. correct me, but Ross says looks nice. Yeah. Survey Channel says, give me that thing. Yeah, I was <laughs> I, I was really impressed with it. And I think, Ian, like you said, it's only like 500 or 600 bucks. Well, the, the list price on the website there was more like 700. Oh, okay, uh, 700. I think, I think it's cheaper. I think it's available a fair bit cheaper than that. Yeah, I, I've been looking for a sort of FM, more pad, and just deep sound design piece for the Dallas setup, like something that can do a lot of variation. And those FM synths definitely seemed right up there for me, the, the Hydrosynth and the OP6, both both of them. Uh, just do it asks, do you like Oberheim? If so, next question, OBX8 or the Shear Electronic Shear? We love Oberheim, but they're a bit out of at least my price range at the moment. But uh, yeah, like, do you have an opinion on this question? I don't. I don't really have a, a need for a high-end um, analog 
polysynth, I think. I think I would be going digital and have done, you know, with, with the things that I've had recently or just plugins, really. Um, I tend to go hardware and analog more for monosynths, really. Because, I mean, they just get so expensive. You look at, If you look at the Moog 1 and you look at the, uh, the flagship Oberheim, I mean, they sound amazing. But, you know, they're like, Two thousand pounds or something, you know. Yeah, it should. You know, it's a it's a professional tool for serious individuals. So, yeah, I mean, I like them, but it's not. I, I don't really have a an either or sort of opinion because I I don't really consider any of them seriously. If I really, really, really wanted one, and I saved my money for a long time, you know, I could, but I would never do that. I'd spend it on something else. <laughs> yeah. Curtis, what's your take on all this? The that question, the chaos replay, all that. Uh, well, in, in a similar vein to Ian Lake about the Oberheim, is I, I if I if I had two K, I'd spend it elsewhere. I think yes, you can buy a really nice analog synth, or you could spend that money more wisely. It's like for me at least, I just think yeah, it's not really for me. The same with the chaos replay built for DJs, and it is. It, I, I I I think you're right. I think it kind of doesn't know really what it wants to be and yeah. rushed out towards the end of the year just before Christmas and they were like, Yeah, sure, have a box with pads. And we're like, why? Also a thousand bucks. Yeah. And I think it I do think it's it is cool little effects box. Like if you are if you've got a doorless setup and you're running everything and using it as an effects box, I do think it'd be really cool. Like John Hopkins has a couple of like traditional chaos pads in his setup, for example. And he's that's how he oh, generates oh, lots of effect. <laughs> has he got four? I think so, yeah. Okay, well, there, you go. there you go and well, that's kind of where you see it and yeah it's not i wouldn't call it a sample and i wouldn't i wouldn't i would if someone gave it to me if we were in this world where you know companies were sending us gear i'd be happy mm. to receive one and play around with it but i'm not going to put my money on it just yet yeah yeah i'd like to mess around with one and see what i could do with it mm. but yeah and until i'd done that i wouldn't be considering buying one Exactly. I mean, there is MIDI. There is MIDI involved. So, like, mm. I like the idea of sending, uh, like, like a MIDI device out to it and then back in. That intrigues me a little bit. I think someone said it in the chat. Um, but I think that, yeah, that's what I would do with it. But again, it's the experimentation. Where would it lie? But I, I'm if I again, if I've got a grand, I'm gonna go buy something else. You know, you could get two SPs. You could get two SPs, and you could resample them on each. <laughs> well, the, the, there's re you could get an SP and an EP one three three and an NTS one, all uh, and still probably be under a thousand. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, forget. I I was more recently. I know we're, we're going to talk about Akai in a moment, but the Akai, the, uh, like a high end synthesizer, uh, synthesizer, high end sampler from uh, Akai would be quite nice. Uh, an MPC one or something like that. I'd spend a thousand on that quite nicely in that regard. So uh, bef that before chaos, I think. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I'm trying to think what else. There was so much at this event. Uh, I, I mean, my favorite part was just kind of getting to jam on all these synths. I, I got to check out, is it the Modal Cobalt 8, Eon Lake? Yeah. Yeah, I got to Cobalt check that 8. out. That one was a lot of fun. That's what uh, I over there. Yeah. Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Um they had some. I mean, there's just so much going on. on it. I was surprised with that actually, because it's not a, an expensive synth by any means, but the keybed's really nice. It's the best it was, one. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, that's the other one. Right next to Modal was the uh, Waldorf. I got to play the Iridium. Oh. That thing, <laughs> that thing was just mind blowing. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I just went for the filters on that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that thing sounded really cool. I I really liked the Modal. Um, it 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 was interesting. It had a really cool sound. I'd love to check more out about them. Hydrosynth was awesome and then um i'll talk about it in the video tomorrow but there was a, a synth company i'd not heard of yet called pwm and those synths were a lot of fun they had two there and i'll talk about those in my video tomorrow but um because we have to move on to the next topic i know we all want to talk about mpc but yeah i think those were probably my favorites the mantis and the malevolent if you want to google it but the uh the malevolent is that thing's crazy a little mo monophonic but super dirty sounding synth really enjoyed that um yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about about Nam before we move on? No, I'm just wondering if the PWMs have pulse width modulation on them. That's a, I I asked I was like, "Oh, is it is it because it's a square wave? Like is it pulse?" And they were like, "No, it's the the maker his name's Paul something and it, I think like Paul something music or something." And I was like, "Oh, okay." But it it, it definitely had square waves and pulse width and all that but i was like i was like oh that's a great name it must be square wave no that's the the creator's name i was like oh okay it works it works um that's always nice um well in that regard then talking of things that are always nice uh if you've been enjoying the show uh uh this show is brought to us by our patrons so thank you ever so much for doing that and thank you ever so much for your continued support um, if you are watching this, if you're listening to this either live or recorded or whatever, and you have not become a patron and you want to support us, this is the best way in which you can do it. Um, so ever so much, thank you. So like, for example, we're going through Nam now. Nam was about two weeks ago. While Sun Warper was uh, over at Nam, he was sending us photos into the Discord, um, which was a lot of fun to see how things go. Um, so yeah, uh, pledges start at $2, and for that, there's the own patron chat, there's Starstream, which is our monthly hangout, which we had last Sunday. Um, it's a lot of fun, and it is a great way to help us and expand, because we do, we are we are expanding quite considerably, and that is thanks to the support of our existing patrons. Um, Samuel, would you want to add anything on that regard? Yeah, uh, if you join, you get a ton. We have a Discord. It's public for all, but we have additional channels for our patrons. And like he said, I was updating everyone on all the kinds of stuff. But at the $5, you can also join the show. Patrons, if anybody wants to come in for uh, the round robin at the end of today's episode, the link is in the Discord. Um, we have a whole lot. There's a lot going on this year. So, uh, But mainly, your support allows us to do these things. It let me go to NAM this year and to report back on it and talk about it during the, uh, during the event with all the Discord stuff. But we're trying to build positive space on the internet to talk since music marketing, production with like-minded producers and all that. So if that sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, head to the Discord. The link is in the description. And if you want to help support, Patreon is also there, patreon.com slash audionautic. Very much so. Um, any words to the patrons, Eolate? <laughs> words for the patrons? Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> love you guys. Thank you. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Increasingly, uh, we can keep talking about these things, and it's just nice. Like some of said, safe space on the internet for this kind of thing. It's nice. We're full of positivity. Yeah, no, no one's thrown anything at me yet for oh, talking yeah. about synthesizers or drum machines or samplers. Exactly. Um, it's also fun to watch Lars uh, get angry at things, personally. I kind of find that that's quite interesting. 
<laughs> yeah, speaking of getting angry at things, it looks like Just Do It does not actually want to talk about the NPC, but does. But we are going to talk about it because someone somewhere probably does think this is awesome. But uh, let's just talk about it first from a neutral position of what it is, and then we'll hear everybody's opinions on it. So, Curtis, you added this to the docket. I'm going to put the um, link up on the screen, but do you mind just telling us what it is? Yeah, so this is uh, the MPC Key 37. It's a standalone synth. Um, so usually when you see something red and key-like, it's a MIDI keyboard coming from a Kai. Um, but this is, no, this is a standalone synth. Uh, 37 key uh, with aftertouch pitch bend modulation wheel, 16 velocity uh, pressure pads, uh, which are RBG backlit. Of course they are. Um, there's eight banks uh, and four banks of sounds. Uh, these dials are all 360 degrees. Um, within within it itself, you've got a quad core uh, processor with two gigabytes of RAM, 32 gigabytes of storage, and so many connections. So you can take this to so many different ways. Yeah. There's MIDI in, there's MIDI out, there's CV out, there's gate jacks. There's how many MIDI outs are there? Does it say uh, MIDI outs? MIDI outs. It doesn't say how many there are. Uh, we mm -hmm. have a MIDI. Ah, here we go. Uh, there's one MIDI in and one MIDI out um essentially mm -hmm. um which also acts as a midi through um but it has four cv uh gate jacks uh a usb a, a usb uh b uh, uh as well as that power adapter sd card slot for sounds and sampling everything you can need it also does ableton link which is a growing little thing um which means that you can just connect it wirelessly to your ableton live which is a Great little feature which I've been experimenting with recently. It's a lot of fun. Now, just to clarify, I think I, mm. I thought I heard you say standalone synth. It's a standalone MPC, correct? Yeah. Like it's a yes. full sampler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like yeah, the that... ins and outs are very similar to this fella. Let me focus on you here. Yeah, but you get four. You get like four. Two, two. Yeah. That's yeah. one, one. It's only MIDI ports, but it's got the same number of CV and gate interfaces. Yeah. Little uh, little bummer about the MIDI, but but port. still <laughs> interesting. Yeah, so this looks more like it's the because I know the MPC put out the bigger keyboard that I think was similar to the live, but with the keyboard. This seems like the MPC one with the keyboard. Uh, I I don't have any MPCs. They caught my eye before, but I've never uh, had the chance to get one. But it seems similar, especially with all with the button layout and stuff. It looks a lot like an MPC one that they made mm. the screen a little bit bigger, or it looks like it's bigger, and then added a keyboard uh two gigs of ram though hmm seems yeah. uh, a little low well one of my concerns about the live and i've not used it enough yet really to see if it is a problem is is just the resources because there's like a cpu monitor you can see on it and a memory monitor and it's surprising how quickly it climbs up and i'd have the same concerns about this really it's like how much can you actually wring its neck so i mean mm. two gigs of ram doesn't feel like much does it yeah, that's what Just Do It says as well. My biggest worry is two gigs of RAM. The MPC Key 61 has four gig. I'm just doing a quick Google search because, again, I don't have the one. But please, if you know in the chat, correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like the MPC one has two gigs of RAM. Eon, like, do you know how much RAM is in your MPC Live? You have the Live 2, I think. Because I, I, like I was saying, I think yeah. the 61 key oh, is built off the Live. So yeah, it's a bit of a bummer about the RAM. That seems especially given that MPC is so much more DAW-like with a lot of plugins and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit of a bummer. I like seeing 
these key versions though like they did it with the 61 key as well because it's cool to see something that's really yeah. like its own full workstation like it's a daw in a synth right because you have the sampler yeah. you have the keyboard you have all the built-in plugins i think are there even third-party plugins or something like that with the mpcs something like that now they're adding the stem separation i mean there's a lot going on with mpc so it's cool in that way but yeah it seems like they've just not been updating the internals like there's always been these rumors of the next npcs coming and stuff and then when they do announce it it's like very similar internals to what's already there just added feature like you know the um the npc key now and stuff so i'm hoping we see a big refresh to the mainline npcs but i don't know chat let me let us know what you think uh eon like you have an npc so i'm curious to hear your take first and then uh, curtis i want to hear well, from you <laughs> It's one of those things. I'm still trying to gel with it. I keep it separate because it's my what, what the one thing I like about it is it's a self-contained thing. I can take it somewhere. I don't need anything else to make tunes, and it, it at least does take flashcards, so you know you can expand your storage that way and so on. But it, as as a as a kind of a workflow and as a door, I've not really gelled with it. I can make it work. I can do things on it, but it's not really appealing to me. I mean, it feels like a, you know, feels like a little door to me with, with mm -hmm. a with a sampler sort of attached. And I only really want to use it as a sampler, to be fair. And, you know, if I'm going to sit in front of, you know, pictures on the screen, I'll I'll use Ableton because it's quicker and I don't, I don't have to look at the screen as long. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just not a thing I've gelled with. I prefer the SP404 just because it's... It's more tactile. You just end up pressing buttons and doing things, and you only really use the screen just to tweak start and end points and so on and to, you know, change things in menus. And I prefer that workflow for a sampler. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like not just the curve. Sampler, it's you know, a music production system or whatever. And, it, you know, it's pretty powerful in that sense. But, again, I worry about hardware resources in the box and being able to do a lot of stuff at one time because that's kind of what I do. Um, and, yeah, the fact that it's not that different to actually using a computer when you're on a screen like that and it's like a door-like functionality. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. And Just Do It adds that the operating system needs a gigabyte. So if you have two gigabytes of RAM, you only have one, really, to use on this 37. And then on the 61 with the four gigs, you get three gigs. Uh, Pat says my Octatrack has 80 MB of RAM. Yeah, the difference is that Octatrack is a lot less DAW-like, whereas with the MPC, you're using plugins, you're doing things like that. So mm. it's kind of yeah. a different comparison. Yes, you're right, uh, but uh, I feel like with the the workflow of the MPC being much more DAW-like with multi-plugins and all that type of stuff you kind of need more RAM to do that sort of thing. So it's it's not an exact comparison, but I get what you're saying. Uh, Curtis, you brought this to the table. Did you bring it because you're excited by it or uh, was it a bit of a disappointment for you? I think, uh, to be honest, both. I think for me, I mean, I think it's not something that I personally would go for, but I'm, I, I, the market, it's not marketed for, for me. And it's, it's, what intrigued me about it is the notion of an introductory standalone synthesizer 
that's what intrigued me about it because if you look at if you look at where akai's main market is it's beat making it's not it's and beat making is a very different market and different idea to kind of like music production and and uh electronic music kind of releasing and scheduling etc it's a different game beats are they create a different workflow and they're usually less intensive in terms of like layering for example it tends to be something that uh it's secondary to then it gets sold off to say a rapper or something like that which and therefore it's less intrinsically but you're not gonna have like 90 tracks in a beat for example it just doesn't work that way mm. you can do, but most beat makers are not doing that what intrigues me about this and what gives me a little bit of uh, a bit of a bump in that regard is that it's a way or it's a way to it's a way to decentralize beat making and early doors production away from inside the box which i think is a really good thing i think the notion if you're if you're looking to buy your first piece of gear you're getting into it you're you're you know you're in your late teens or in your early 20s you want to get into beat making you want to get into production you look to a kai they're relatively affordable everyone knows about them yes they don't have the the most exciting uh uh, specs in the entire world but they're kind of they've got a name for themselves in that world and this allows you to kind of decentralize away from working inside the daw it can be hardware go on <laughs> to play devil's advocate there i was thinking if i had little money and and bear it in mind we haven't talked about price for this yet but... i can tell you right now i just googled oh. it if you don't mind me interjecting hey, 900 900 i mean that's laptop and door cost isn't it and mm -hmm. one is much more flexible than the other i mean took yeah sure. bang for buck i would say chuck chuck the akai in the bin and get a laptop with a door on it because with 32 it, gigs of ram <laughs> yeah exactly because you know it it's it's your sound sources it's your mixer it's your sequencer it's everything and it's been designed and honed over decades to be you know the best it can be at doing those things and the most flexible and easy to use tool i mean there's just no comparison i mean on the one hand i think to put to put an mpc in a keyboard a midi keyboard and integrate all of that it's got great in and out connectivity as well maybe it could be better but it's got pretty good connectivity i think it's a great idea for something to do but at the same time if you had limited money i would say get yourself a laptop it's the one thing that you could do anything on yeah yeah i and i think when you when you're talking mpc it's a harder sell in that sense because mpc is so laptop or daw-esque you know like it's very mm. similar to a daw but i i mean i think there's something to be said though about having something away from the laptop away from the computer but and, oh, and this is kind of like yeah. well this is this is cool because it's kind of like a one stop because you've got yeah. the keyboard you've got built-in synths you've it's got samples you can do chromatic mode you yeah. can do all that but yeah 900 bucks whereas you could even buy the mpc1 and plug in probably a midi keyboard for a lot cheaper it, it's uh, it's tough. One yeah was that the, the trades one of the um criticisms of the previous one was just that it didn't do disc streaming that you couldn't sample it, you couldn't play a sample from disc, stream it directly from disc. That I don't know if they've addressed that, but I imagine not because it it's probably. It seems like the internals are pretty much just an MPC one with exactly, the keyboard. Yeah. 
which like I was saying earlier, I'm just disappointed. Like, let's see an update to these NPCs. Mm. It's it's been a while. And I, I I think the last it wasn't even a big update, but the, what was it? The MPC X S E added like a little bit more of something, but that was like the only big change. It's I feel like now as someone who doesn't own any NPCs but watches like stuff about NPCs, it seems like there hasn't been a big update in quite a while. And this just seems like another kind of like uh, it kind of reminds me of video games with um, like last generation. We had the Xbox One and then Xbox One X that just added a, I, this. That was even bigger, I think, but it just added a little bit more, but stayed still very similar in the form and function and stuff. Expect you wish it was in the first place. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's interesting. I mean, it seems like a lot of these things we're talking about. It's like, what's the market for it? And I'm curious what. I haven't had a chance to look. I know it was just recently announced, but it seemed like when I was searching for price that this leaked a couple of weeks ago or something. But I'm curious what the general consensus is on this. And Chad, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on it. Sounds like at least Just Do It isn't sold on it, saying I'd rather buy an iPad plus controller for that amount and run Logic on it. Another Logic user, it sounds like. That's always nice to see. But yeah, it, it's interesting when, when you see something that is so DAW-like at prices like this, it's like, yeah, when an iPad costs a little bit, you know, like you can, it's just, it's interesting all the uh, the the arguments for and against. And I'm just curious to hear what the consensus really is there. Um, so, yeah. Curtis, anything else you want to add to it? I know you brought this to the table. No, it's, I, there's obviously, there's, there's, it's not as powerful and there's a lot to be said for, you know, you can buy other things for that money. I still maintain, I think the, I mean, just do it says they want to thrive on old glory. I think it's, it's a little bit, I, again, I'm coming from a, from a world where I teach teenagers and getting into music production in that regard. And they're, 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 they're so inside the computer and they're so inside like MIDI and they're so inside that. And they all have laptops. They've all had laptops since they were nine years old. And this is what gives me hope is this notion, like I say, it's this notion of like a tactile response, a real synthesizer coming through, that kind of thing, where it goes, hey, you know, you don't have to have Serum, for example. Yeah. Not everything's about Serum. There's a big wide world of stuff out here. Hey, come try it. You know, yeah. it's not going to bite. Case, that, that's enough. what brings me up. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's always someone new to production or to anything that may be interested in something like this. I don't think it's necessarily bad specs or anything like that. Mm. Price is a little bit high, especially in comparison to like a laptop or something. But if you're trying to break away from the computer, but still need a lot of those DAW-like things, I think this is an interesting option. Or any MPC is an interesting option to get kind of in that daw sphere, but have the DAW-like, uh, you know, uh, features and things like that. So... Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I'm I'm glad you brought it to the table. I mean, I I love MPCs. They're always something I've wanted, but just never have. I I've always had my eye on like the MPC 2000, or even the one that like something a little older or something. But yeah, uh, also just want to say hello to FCC who just joined us in the chat. Always happy to have you. And uh, Survey Channel says just spent fifteen hundred on a new laptop, spec'd out. No way I'd snag this. Yeah, so there you go. It's, it, it it makes sense, right? Like. If you just bought a laptop that does this but has tons of specs and stuff, yeah, what's its place? But I, I mean, it's just interesting that I can definitely see the merits for it against it and all that. But mm. good to see something new from Akai. But I, I, me personally, I'd really like to see some actual updates. I get that. I get that. I think it's fair enough in that regard. Yeah. Anything yeah. else, Eon Lake, you want to add? No, but I'm feeling like I was a little negative. <laughs> 
know, and I think if you do, <laughs> when are you not, my friend? <laughs> you like that sort of thing. I, no, I don't negative, really? hate mine. You know, I, I I like scrolling through stuff with that jog wheel. I like the fact that the you know the controls are context sensitive, so you know you can mm. quickly get to stuff. It makes sense to put it in a keyboard. It really does. I think if you know if that's if that's your jam, if you're in the market for that. I think it's you know a good thing. I just think you know the NPCs in general are perhaps a little bit low on hardware spec to start with, and you know it would be nice if um, they addressed all of that because I don't know it could be a really really good product then you know rather than just like a hmm, hmm, wish it had this you know there's a there's a lot of that around these days I think you know where it's like a great idea but but you know. Okay, I get you. I, it I, sounds I, like what, oh, hold on one second there, Curtis. No uh, one second. It sounds like just do it does agree with you though, and has a bit to say there with uh, being critical isn't really all negative. And I think they're right there. Like I think it's good to point out when it seems like something doesn't really hit the mark or you know mm. isn't isn't right there. Uh, yeah, I agree. We need more honesty in the industry. Yeah, I mean, there's True. there's definitely I'm sure a market for this, but I I think it has missed the mark a little bit to a degree, at least not having updates like that. When did the MPC one come out? Cause it seems like it's still using those, that internal build, like, you know, two gigabytes of Ram. How many years has it been? Like a couple of years, isn't it? I think it's, it's, it's good to at least point out where it seems like something is a bit lacking. Curtis, I'm sorry. Carry on my friend. I was going to say, all I was going to say is that Akai are always ones for being mediocre. They're always ones for, not in not necessarily in a, in a in a bad way. They're they're not trying to be the best at anything. They're never trying to be the worst at anything. They're just happy being existing, and they're quite happy just doing their thing and not pushing the envelope of what is, you know, electronic music. They've always, as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I can see, they're happy just being that kind of. We exist consistently. You can trust our gear. We're not mm. going to push the boundaries of existence. Yeah, I mean the build quality is usually quite good. I will say that. Have you started using your MPC a bit more? Because I feel like we've been doing this show for what one or two years now, and not as much you, as it I never thought. gelled with you. Like no. it never gelled with it's, you. It's even not as portable as an SP four either, is it? Yeah, I just figure that I, one I, has I, battery, right? It does, yeah, and yeah. a speaker. Although I don't like to use the speaker, it sounds good, but I'd have preferred to save the space and put some headphones on. Well, the the original live didn't have a speaker, I think, right? That was right, an addition. Yeah. It's only the the live two, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would have expected to be a bit more inseparable with it. You know, I've considered selling it a few times. Really, out of money, you could get something else for that. Uh, get, get a get chaos one. replay, huh? Yeah, poly six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say chaos <laughs> replay. That that's, that's right there for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Curtis, anything else you want to add before we move to the next topic? No, let's go across the marketing minute, shall we? Let's go across the marketing minute. It's a bit, bit of a, a TikTok-themed marketing minute. Oh. Yeah, lots has been happening with TikTok. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you put this... Uh, first, we've got two small pieces here, and then you've got a little bit of a thing that you want to kind of push through. So yeah. um, let's start with Universal. This is a bit of a week old. We missed last week, but and so this is coming in from the end of January. I mean, a week in, but it's all very valid. Um, 
So if you want to share the screen up there, here we go. So yeah, so the first point of call is that Universal is uh, ending or did end its agreement with TikTok from the 31st of January 2024. Um, They have not agreed terms to a new deal, which means that the songs that are licensed or run through Universal have uh, ended and they will no longer be on TikTok, which is really, I mean, they're huge. Um, They've said that uh, there are three critical issues to this uh, in their negotiations in the run-up as to why this has failed, which has been appropriate compensation for artists. We've heard that one before. Uh, and songwriters and protection from AI um, and, and the mm. uh, online safety of TikTok users. Again, very current, very where we're all at, where it comes to things. We want to get paid fairly. We want to make sure that we're not going to get pushed out because of AI. And also it's going to be safe because the, the barriers to safety on TikTok are not as stringent as some so they say um but this basically they report that tiktok proposed paying artists and songwriters at a fraction of the rate compared to other platforms um this means that uh universe would only get a total of about one percent of their total revenue just not worth it for them um tiktok has also been accused of allowing the platform itself to be flooded with AI generated recordings, sponsoring artists replacement by AI and attempting to bully uh, Universal into accepting a deal worth less than the previous one. Um, back in the back in July 2023, TikTok launched its own premium music streaming service without uh, uh, Universal's catalog, instead opting to sign with Warner instead, um, which is obviously a bit of a bit of a faux pas in that regard. And so basically, UMG are coming back with this notion of we're here to protect the artist's rights. And we're here to support the artists. <laughs> They're artists. In theory. They're artists. <laughs> yeah. They're By artists, artists, they mean them. Yeah, them. they're artists. Exactly. exactly. So that's what it, I mean. It is It is one corporation against another corporation. And we're meant to be like happy about that in some regard. Did, but... did you see like TikTok's response to it? It just it was so. It did not sound very professional. <laughs> <laughs> what did they say? I I can't remember, but it just it it was it just it just felt like like a schoolyard fight or something. That's you know, like and it's like cool these story, are two bro. massive. Yeah, these are two massive companies just having this. Uh, yeah, Smiling Air says I feel conflicted supporting Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like agrees <laughs> both in the in the chat and uh, on screen. Uh, they own a third of the market, though. Are you talking about Universal in terms of music? Smiley ears, if you don't mind just clarifying. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring this up. I know we're a little late on it, but I think, look, we're we're here as independent artists. That's our point. Yeah, Universal is this massive thing. What I want to get to is the big question is, is this a win or a loss for independent musicians? Because on TikTok now, you have less label, comp- big label competition, right? That they're all not there. So people needing songs, maybe using others or just, you know, like it's not on that. Uh, platform so does that give you a bigger thing but also looking at their ai the i mean anything ethical whatever you want to talk about in terms of tiktok is it a win or a loss for uh for big companies that's that's what i want to know it looks like just do it doesn't even care for tiktok why have any content on, content on tiktok anyway um yeah i mean it's a good point it's a growing social media platform massive so i mean on one hand if you're trying to get exposed exposure in some way that's one reason to have it on there or just something like that but and it also depends what demographic you're going for right because i just saw a thing showing different demographics use different social media so whoever you're trying to uh get to or you know um 
have your music be heard by, then it might be worth considering. Smilinger says it's a loss. Uh, I'd be curious to hear, though, well, why you think it's a loss. Um, they say, though, Universal are poison in the long run. Eon Lake, I know you're not the biggest fan of TikTok, or maybe you're the biggest fan of TikTok secretly, but uh, what do you think about <laughs> yeah. this? Win, lose, what do you think? So the, the first thing that struck me was that like Universal Music saying that that, that they're representing, you know, um, uh, what is it, uh, appropriate remuneration for artists mm. is laughable. It's hilarious. It's very funny. Mm. Basically, they want more money, and I understand that. And and you know, you know, painting it as as helping their artists. I, I mean, maybe they'll pass a bit of it on. I don't know. But TikTok, I don't know. Is it just me? <laughs> But I just feel like TikTok is just an, another thing that's come along. I feel like it's not going to be here long. I've never really taken it seriously. I'm having nothing to do with it because I have huge concerns about privacy on the platform. Um, so I'm not on it. I'm not going to be on it. I don't care about it. Um, so I say that so that you can interpret what I say with the appropriate amount of bias that I feel. For me, it, it's not particularly valid. I don't, we talked about it recently as well, and we were talking about whether or not, you know, any exposure or, or you know, positive results you get on TikTok, whether, TikTok, whether that would actually um, translate into people finding you on other platforms, actually listening to you again. I really don't think so. I just think it's, you know the viral pitched up tune of the week and you know next week no one will care and nobody knows who did the music in the first place anyway and i could be wrong and, and by all means point out to me how wrong i am and what an old fart i am that's fine because we're here to learn you know this is just my impression i don't take tiktok seriously i think it's a privacy nightmare um and the thing that struck me while you were reading out the story was just like, how does this benefit consumers? I mean, I wasn't actually thinking about it from an artist's point of view. I was thinking about it, all this fighting over, oh, we can have that person's music, not that people's music. We've got a third of the market, but not that massive chunk over there. I just think, who as a consumer wants to be picking through all these different service providers and the niche that they offer and the content that they have, this constant fragmentation of you know art and media into smaller and smaller bits i don't care i'd rather just pay one thing and have the lot you know i'm not interested in these companies going toe to toe and and so on i don't think it benefits the consumer i mean i suppose it does in the sense that it's competition right but while they're still competing and it's that fractional and so on that i don't see that it really benefits anyone you know, why not just go to Spotify, Apple Music, one of the bigger players, and, you know, let them jog on with it. How many different platforms do we need anyway, really? Yeah, and with new ones like Threads and Blue Sky and all that interesting. Yeah, Curtis, you've got to offer something new, haven't you? Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting. I We have a bit more before we go, but saying talking about offering something new, TikTok is making kind of a big change. We'll get there in a second, but they're gonna—they're—they're they're claiming to be boosting horizontal videos. It's very strange, but uh, I, I found the response. I can share it in a second. Yeah, I found TikTok's response. I want to read it, but um, Curtis, what, what do you think about all this? If I'm gonna be frank, it bores me. 
in that like it's it's just it's in that <laughs> it proves it proves to me and uh, to myself and anyway, the trip that I've been on recently the, the only place that I can really really have any for, sort of faith in is my Bandcamp page my, and my and the to Discord community and that's it and that's fine and I'm cool with that like social media again to echo what Ian like said the the to necessarily go from uh, social media to consumer is that's not a proven concept. It can work, but it's, you know, I've been doing it for a while and it doesn't always work that way. And it's just, it's, it's just people with paper and suits fighting amongst each other. And the rest of us are just like, well, I'm just going to go over here and do my thing. Like it just, it just doesn't serve anyone other than themselves. And I, it, I at that point, I just kind of start switching off from it in that regard i just kind of go well i'm just gonna do me and i'm just gonna instead of putting myself out into the world on a grand scale i'm gonna focus on the thousand true fans who i can interact with directly and yes obviously you need social media in order to get that done to a degree but just again you don't need to be everywhere you don't need to be everywhere and do everything all the time and tiktok has never been anything that has been particularly of interest to me i'm on there I, I think I do the audio nautic and tag Curtis. I can't remember the last time I did a, a, a TikTok for Curtis. And yeah, it's it's just it's there and it's existing and it's big people fighting in rooms with suits and with cigars. And I'm just like, no, I'm just going to carry on doing me. Yeah, it's an interesting thing about TikTok. I want to read that statement in a second, but I just want to throw my two cents. Mm. I feel like TikTok for our music area, you know, like ambient electronic and stuff. It doesn't really serve much purpose i post my so i make shorts for my youtube right youtube's my main thing when it comes to my dollar stuff and all that so there's a lot of like quote educational content where i'm breaking down doing specific things on hardware and things like that so i'll post those and they do all right but i i've never even seen a translation of getting those people from tiktok over mm -hmm. to the youtube right so like what is the point of tiktok you can't link uh, external website until you have a certain number of followers so you can't really get people to hey check out my spotify right new song check out my Bandcamp. like so what is the point there in growing besides just getting vanity numbers and things it doesn't seem like it has much place uh beyond just that like viral chasing but is there much point to that with the type of music we make not really and even if there was like is it worth it no definitely not that so it's it's a strange thing where it's like why even be on there kind of like well you both have said that to a degree um it's it's weird i mean i don't think it's bad to have a presence there per se like i put my stuff on there but it's not my focus i literally just post disregard right you know and the next time i go to post i'll check if there's any comments to respond but it it doesn't feel like there's any community to tiktok and now sure i'm not probably using it the right way i never go on it i'm not really interacting but even when you do it just doesn't feel like even with instagram it feels like you're building community there's more in terms of the comments and things like that twitter or well x is kind of gone now whatever but threads blue sky like it's much more it feels much more communal discord especially uh social our media that, without the social yeah exactly to me it just feels like very isolating because everybody's it's, tiktok seems to be just chasing the viral right like everything's just post post because you're getting every everything you hear about tiktok is beyond there because you get a lot of exposure right which now may not even be a thing when we talk about that next topic but lastly i just want to read this response curtis can you uh share the screen i posted there 
bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so this is their response. Uh, Newsroom.tiktok.com. So it's their official one. It is sad and disappointing that Universal Music Group has put their own greed above the interests of their artists and songwriters. Despite despite Universal's false narrative and rhetoric, the fact is they have chosen to walk away from the powerful support of a platform with well over a billion users that serves as a free promotional and discovery vehicle for their talent. TikTok (laughs) has been able to reach... TikTok has been able to reach artist-first agreements with every other label and publisher. Clearly, Universal's self-serving actions are not in the best interest of artists, songwriters, and fans. That's what I was saying. It was it was worth reading because it's it it's mm. it, it's it's pretty um it's an scathing. Opinion. It's pretty scathing, yeah, and, and very opinionated. Uh, and and yeah, is, is that true though? I mean, is it a brilliant platform for their artists? I mean, you could also argue that their artists don't need that platform. There yeah. are other platforms, and their artists are already successful. Um, and everything that we were just saying about TikTok—I mean, do do you know people on TikTok care who wrote the music? No. Yeah, are interested? Are they even there All for music? Points. Funny All though. Uh, let me just read a little bit of the chat uh ross something interesting the music industry continues to make ungodly money and they hide all the revenue from the artists while they funnel it to themselves in other ways universal is one of the worst at it Mm -hmm. uh smiling area says who knew we'd miss apple store days uh yeah yeah so there's a a bit more chat we're just running short on time i want to cover this last bit before we go but uh keep keep posting we'll we'll share when we can i just want to move over to this last bit because this is interesting so uh curtis i think you have it queued up correct is that what your um yeah that's what that is it's not the same one but the other one's a washington post which we can't see because of a paywall Uh, but it's the same story it's the same story yeah so so i saw this a couple days ago i think on threads or something someone was saying i got this notification when i was trying to post a TikTok that they're telling you will boost your posts if you uh do horizontal content so here's the article i didn't even see this section testing 30 minute videos and boosting horizontal content as it tries to rival youtube curtis you mind giving a little more detail and then i I got a question for you all i want to ask yeah so uh they'll be sent to for a certain amount of creators uh the boost they will be boosted for 72 hours um after publishing uh they're pushing towards long form horizontal content uh and like you say to compete with like youtube and netflix um and they are going for um uh, as far as 37 up oh, 37 sorry going for you got 37 minutes. keys stuck in your mind I've got because uh, we've got seven people watching. And I've oh, I thought you were going to say the MPC thirty-seven, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they've got. Uh, yeah, they're pushing for even as far as thirty-minute videos in that regard. A bit again, Twitter have done this uh, just before Christmas as well. Um, uh, some basically in result of this, some creators feel resentful of the added workload required for producing long-form horizontal contact and questioned uh, TikTok's evolving identity. Turn your um, phone they, around 90 degrees. I know. Well, I, what I like is the fact that you've got influencers who grew up on TikTok now who are going to the idea of, oh, suddenly I have to make a 30-minute video when, like, YouTubers spend hours and years <laughs> yeah. producing long-form content. And now all of a sudden people on TikTok are like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. No, it's, no, no. Yeah. So work shy basically but my, my point is yes they're boosting they want you to go horizontal they want you to have longer form videos and they are actively uh 
they are actively pushing that forward and they're going to keep doing that from now on yeah this is so fascinating to me and i sorry this might be like a question dump but i have a few things i want to point out and bring up and just talk with everybody about this so can a platform like this succeed doing such a massive pivot because tiktok is known for its short form to the point where every other social media platform tried to copy and add some form of short form youtube like uh, i think it was smiling air says revenge for youtube doing shorts all that like I guess Twitter and X never really did, but it was always kind of like short. You get 42 seconds, I guess, but it's not necessarily vertical. Instagram pushed the reels. Like everyone was trying to compete with this because of what I was saying earlier, where the exposure was just crazy on TikTok. Now we're seeing TikTok saying, we're not going to give you that exposure unless you do these long form horizontal videos. Uh, Very interesting there. Uh, And then the other thing, it seems like they're, they're forcing this transition, but will it work like is that what the audience who came to tiktok for vertical videos that's great for and i say great in quotes doom scrolling on mobile things like that like will it translate to these horizontal videos they're pushing and then um the last thing i want to add just i thought of this right when curtis was talking about creators complaining about long form and things like that and just tiktok trying to compete now with youtube and netflix what does this mean about short form in general like does this mean the experiment of short form content is a failure or or what? Because now we're seeing the like start, the beginner of this whole push for vertical short form video that changed the transition every one second, you know, do this and that, like the ADD video format is saying, no, we want to do long form. We want to do horizontal videos, you know, like proper 16 by nine. We want to do that. We want to do this. Uh <laughs> interesting just very interesting like what does it say because youtube is still going hard with youtube shorts instagram <laughs> has dropped the reels algorithm so what like we talk always about the changing landscape and streaming with all the stuff that's happened with spotify but it's like look at this now in real time we're seeing like the biggest uh short form demo like platform now being no we want to switch to long form horizontal so sorry that's a, a lot of questions i know but it's just yeah. like kind of stream of conscience and my thoughts as we go to this uh curtis let's start with you what, what do you think i i think they're just trying to capture as much of the market as they can really they'll probably still keep doing short form uh people still keep making short form because it requires little effort there are some people who prefer long form making long form and there are some people who prefer consuming long form like they'll just do both and they're just they're, they're just trying to monopolize and i've got i've got some i've got an analogy which i can't use on air but like the they're just basically <laughs> trying to they're trying to colonize everything and just take it for themselves and you know again as jack would always say if you've got a choice why not both so they're just they're just trying to corner as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Now this is the continuous race to the bottom. So we used to talk about the race to the bottom that we saw when everyone switched to long form, right? Now they're all copying TikTok, so they're just trying to race to the bottom. They're all the same bloody thing, right? This is just going the other way. It's just you know they've they've cornered that market. They're going to do that. Oh, okay. A couple of years later, we're going to go do this, and a couple of years they'll go do the same thing. It's just going to keep to in and froing until the internet just shuts down, essentially. Mm-hmm yeah interesting we've got uh just do it says mobile is gonna die vr ar is gonna take over that's interesting i know apple just put out the new what is it vision pro i'm totally blanking on the name uh 
interesting. I mean, it's a bit pricey, so we'll have to see. VR and has been out for a while with all the VR headsets and stuff, and it never seemed to catch on, at least with gaming. So I, I'd love to see VR and AR come, but it just, at least from what I've seen, hasn't ever caught on seemingly yet. But I'll be curious if it does. Uh, that's an interesting take, though, just like to it. Apple. Wait, sorry. It does, I didn't mean to interrupt. It does seem no, like Apple's new world is a bit of a step up. It feels yeah, it does. It, it, it does. So, it does. It's just I think we need to see yeah. the price go down before or other options yeah. in price yeah, before yeah. we see that become like to take over mobile. But yeah, I mean, with what's coming, it, it's highly possible. I mean, everything is always we're always getting new technology that pushes the boundaries and then we move to those things. Right. I mean, before there weren't cell phones then there were cell phones and then they made smaller and smaller cell phones. And then now they keep getting bigger because we put all the smartphone stuff in it. Uh which yeah. is interesting, and I think to Smiling Air says, short form will never go away. Each generation will have its own platform for it, though. Next generation will look at TikTok the way we do about MySpace. Yeah, I just think what's interesting here is TikTok's trying to not do short form now. Like that's what's so fascinating to me is they're literally saying the boost we used to give short form, we're going to give to horizontal long form video. So it's like they themselves want to get out of short form. It sounds like from everything this is doing now. Maybe that's. Uh, conjecture, mm -hmm. you know, whatever have you, but that certainly seems like what they're doing, giving this push, and it's just fascinating. And and maybe they're trying to be like YouTube, where there's both. But YouTube has its issues trying to do shorts and um, long form because the algorithms are so different. And if you get subscribers who watch for shorts, they're most likely not going to watch your long forms. And they've YouTube keeps trying to experiment with connecting the two. The most recent experiment they did. They added in the middle of a short, you can link a video, like a long form piece of content. The crossover to that, even if you put arrows or make a bit at the end of the short saying, hey, check out the full video here, is like 1%, if that, if you're lucky, of getting someone from the short to the long form. So it's That's problematic. Issue, right? Go ahead, Ian. That's just, no, it's just a great, I think that's the issue is like having one and the other and trying, you're operating two different algorithms that are, like you say, very different. And if YouTube can't get it nailed, who is going to, they've got some resources. And then you've got the cross pollination of the two. You've got to handle that, which is almost like running a third algorithm or maybe it's actually, yeah, difficult, difficult. As far as all the, the VR, AR is concerned, I mean, yeah, the, the technology might be there, but, I mean, good luck not getting mugged in the street wearing stuff like that, you know. if, if That's people... a very optimistic viewpoint of the world there, Ian. Like, thank you for that. <laughs> you people are get stabbed in the street for Rolex. If you were to walk around with VR goggles on, you'd be my guest, you know. Um, I, th I think, I, I, seriously, I do think crime would be a way. You'd be using stuff like that at home sure but i mm. don't know necessarily that you'd be wearing it all the time but mm. as as far as the as far as the change in their pitch and doing doing a bit of an instagram as far as what their platform is and what it caters for it just seems silly really it's almost like everybody has realized that there is a market for all these different forms of content and that various people want to see different things, and now they're all scrabbling to do it. And is it more of just like the homogenization of these platforms, and they're all just going to become one and almost give up their differentiating factors? Because it's what it seems like, particularly for TikTok, really. Because like you say, they really did put themselves in into a corner, which worked great up to a point. But see, this is the thing about companies, isn't it? You know. You start off small, you become successful, you have your USP, 
you do very, very well. And once you have a co company of a certain size and you've got a board and you've got shareholders and everything, it's really got to keep growing, got to keep growing, keep growing, keep growing. And there could just be like a finite size for this sort of thing. And the only thing you can do after a certain point to make more money is to do something different. And that's when you stop looking actually, different and you start actually, looking like competitors. This just, uh, this just dawned on me because, again, I, I only saw the news about this recently, but you talking about um, trying to get into other markets and stuff and then what Ross said about YouTube does find putting ads all over the shorts. YouTube shorts pay almost nothing. Uh, a thousand... A thousand views on a short will get you about 10 cents. A thousand views on a full long form video, depending on how many ads you're placing and the RPM and CPM cost per thousand cost per mil is what it's called, but cost per thousand. Uh, and I, th I think it's revenue per thousand. You're looking on a low end, you're talking two to five dollars. And on a higher end RPM and CPM, you're looking at 10 to maybe 20 for a thousand views on a long form, but a short is 10 cents. So there's a drastic difference in terms of pay, right? I'm thinking just all of this got my brain thinking TikTok, more ad revenue, right? Because if you have a 30-minute video that's horizontal that you can place an ad every two minutes to five minutes, 10 minutes, a lot more ad revenue that you're talking about for the creator if they're getting ad revenue, but also for TikTok itself. Very interesting uh, thing there. Thanks for bringing that to my mind, Ian. Like that, That's another thing I didn't even think of, but yeah. <laughs> We're we're talking ad revenue, yeah. I think, I think there's something on that as well. In Almost the notion like of yeah, carry on, mate. Go on. No, uh, I was just in that frame of uh, okay. Let's look at the, let's look at this from a biological perspective, right? What is it that processes that short form content? What's driving that market? And that is dopamine hits, right? The the TikTok algorithm is particularly good and particularly aggressive showing you content which are going to give you those dopamine hits so you just keep on scrolling and that would just that is particularly good that instagram's all right but tiktok are lethal in, in that regard but you can't do that in long form you can't keep that dopamine rush through a 30 minute video you to engage into a 30 minute video you have to actually be interested in it and you have to actually sit and think and you have to actually you know pay attention engage with it right I wonder, this is purely conjecture, but it just got me thinking about ad revenue. Okay, sure, there might be more ad revenue if you can put them in, say, every 10 minutes or so, but they've bred, they've bred this, this generation of people who don't have the attention span to sit and watch a 30-minute video. You've Why answered they... my first question, yeah. Like, can <laughs> they transition to this, right? Their, their whole thing is short form. It's... Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The other thing to remember is what we're talking about here is, is it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the media itself. We're talking about attention farming. That's, mm. that's all this is, right? And and you can do that one of two ways. You can either have a longer subject that interests people that they'll sit and watch, or you can have short things <laughs> keeping them interested because it's changing every thirty seconds. You know and anything in between and they're all trying very amounts of 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 each and and the purpose is just to you know attention farm and and shads at you i mean what the content is i mean it could be anything it really doesn't matter as long as you're paying attention and seeing ads mm. 
and they tell yeah, you what you want. It's a mistake to look at it from like you know an artistic point of view or uh, <laughs> or anything. It's just literally what makes the most money. Yep. Yeah, and thirty minutes mm -hmm. of ads is going to make a lot more if you get people watching compared to one minute where the ad is in between. Mm. Interesting times, but yeah, that's I wanted to bring that up for that a uh, little bit of chat to go on. Uh, Just do it has a couple, so I'll read through it. But this is this is an interesting point, and I I, I think they're on they they've got a good point. Uh, I just want to play slight devil's advocate at the end, but the the price will go down regarding the VR, but it's not really that expensive either when you think about what it could replace in time. Definitely, and like they say, we're already paying thousands for our mobiles, TVs, displays. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense there. Those mm -hmm. will get those things will get a lot smaller in five to ten years. And lastly, I remember being the first at school with a mobile. Everyone thought I was stupid, and the teachers thought I was a dealer. I wasn't. Two years later, the mobile was mainstream. Yeah, and and I hope we see that with this. It looks really cool. Uh, the issue is what my concern is with like the price as it is right now, and um, just being so new is it needs demand, right? Like there needs to be apps, products, things coming out that justify its usage and um and and I hope we see that but if not then it's like it, while awesome I worry that it wouldn't necessarily, you know, translate into something. I hope we see it though. That it looks really cool. Uh and like they said about, you know, with mobile, like everything starts new and there's a lot of people that think it's not worth it or this and that but then it quickly becomes essential and I hope we see that. It looks really cool. I just like want to see more. And I'm not super into the apple vr yet i haven't really checked it out but just from what i've seen of other vrs it's like it's there and we're seeing more and more and now stuff's like i think apple will hopefully prod everything to start like rebooting and going further but it kind of seemed to stall out there for a bit at least in like the video game industry and so i, I hope we see it really yeah. come and be what potentially it could be like it seems like there's a lot of potential there we just need to see the things being product being created for it that drives the demand yeah I mean, I the whole notion of it is a bit dystopian to me, but in a heartbeat, if Ableton had Ableton VR. I yeah, I saw someone with that. like Logic, I think with the Apple, with using Logic. I mean, it, there's so much awesome idea to it. Yeah. And, and yeah, just do it. it. It will be up to the developers for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's sure. that. And I, I hope we see, I'm not trying to be down on it. I think like it looks awesome. Oh, Moog has an app. They said, oh, that's Ooh. cool. Yeah. I swear I saw something like somebody using logic or something, but maybe it was a mock-up, but I mean, it could be really cool. So yeah, we'll see. Mm. Yeah. I get that. Um, it's, it's exciting times. I hope that just with all this to in and fro in and trying to capture a market, eventually it will just collapse on itself like a neutron star and the entirety of social media will just cease to exist and it would just be Discord and it would just be Bandcamp. That's all I want. I'm happy with that. I can live with yeah, that. Very specific, but um, yeah, keep them crossed for you. It's all about my own myopic experience. <laughs> online. That's all it's about. Yeah. I think there actually <laughs> is... <laughs> I think there actually might be Logic Pro and Vision Pro or something. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we can dream, right? Like, how cool would that be? That'd be fun. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, that is everything that I've got to say about that. Is there anything more from you, gentlemen? No, I think that's it. I think just before we'll go, we'll talk a little bit about what we're up to this week. And chat, feel free to chime in what you've got going on during the week, music-wise, anything like that. But, uh, Curtis, what do you have going on? 
It's a very good question. I'm. I don't know if you can tell. I'm knackered. Um, the <laughs> the uh, I'm going to be taking it chill. I think. I think I've been pushing it so hard over the last couple of weeks, and I think I just need to take a chill pill. I've got a collab that I need to finish, so I think I'll do that. I've set myself the deadline of finishing that by Saturday, so I need to finish that off. Um, but I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna take it easy. Obviously, Intervoidal comes out next week, so I need to start kind of putting all the promo stuff together. So it's a lot more kind of video editing and taking a chill as opposed to smashing the DAW. I think that's where I'm at. Smashing the door. Mm-hmm. What about you, bro? Uh, let's see. I'm still getting over this sickness. This is one of the worst worst uh, flus I've ever had. It was terrible. But I figured it was going to happen because dealing with the newborn, not sleeping much, lots of work the last couple of weeks. I was like, I know I'm going to get sick. And man. Did I get sick? But other than that, resting up a little bit, but I've got my NAM 24 uh, video out tomorrow where I talk about all the hardware I saw. And then um, what's it called? Uh, I'm sample flipping all the random sounds that I got. So, yeah. So that's what I'll be doing. Eon Lake, what have you got going what am, on? What am I doing? I'm messing around over here. I was talking to Curtis about it on uh, on our star stream on Sunday because uh, I've just got a new MIDI box that clocks everything. Um, so I'm running that. That's that's telling Ableton when to start and stop and everything. And I've got a new mixer as well because my old one blew up. Just my little tiny mixer. So I've got a Mackie. I thought you'd appreciate that. Sunwarper 10 input yeah. one. So that's going to be my live mixer for for when I'm playing live. So I'm just getting used to using that and running things through it and having my... Um, my effects plugged in as sends and bringing stuff into it. I'm still getting used to it. It's a bit different to the other ones. So I'm messing around with that. But in the same time, I'm using it to do a load of overdubs with, um, you know, burnt in effects, just recording audio and manipulating audio because I'm I'm more about that at the moment. I've, I've, I've had a real habit in the past of running everything MIDI so that you can keep fiddling around with it and all the synths are playing via MIDI and I just bounce it out. But nowadays I'm, I'm trying to design a bit more and record audio and commit and see where that gets me. So that's what I'm doing. Nice. There you go. A uh, couple bits in the chat. <laughs> I did, I did test multiple times. It was negative every time. So it was the flu. It was not, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can say the, the word because YouTube is weird, but it wasn't the pandemic related thing, but, uh, just do it says that 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 uh, and that is how they ended up on the podcast. So if you're feeling sick, if you're sick, I'm sorry to hear that. That's a bummer. But uh, we're happy to have you here. Hopefully we'll mm-hmm. see you next week. We go live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific. Um, and if you want to check out, as Pat was asking, what stream do we have on Sunday? That's our patron exclusive star stream hangouts. Uh, we do those. If you want to join Patreon link is in the description. Discord is for everyone. So be sure if you want to hang out with all of us and talk about all this gear and things like that. Discord link is also there in the description. We'd love to see you over there. Curtis, anything you want to add before we go? I saw your hand go uh, up. Like you had something to say. Yeah, just the next star stream. Uh, we've already put it in the diary and we're going to do a job of announcing it a lot longer. 25th this month is the next star stream. If you want to uh, hop on over to that, or put that in your calendar. Sunday, the 25th at 11 a.m. Pacific. Oh, Same time as this. Yeah. Yeah, same time, same as, time this. as this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's bummer. It just do it says that they're not sick, but uh, 
Nick from Sonic State is sick. That is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, Sorry to hear that. That's a shame. Hopefully it gets better it's, soon. It's yeah, I, I I didn't get to see them at uh, at Nam. I was hoping to say hi, but I didn't get to see them. But uh, but yeah, hopefully he gets better soon. But anyways, anything else you want to add before we go, Ian Lake? Well, good. Thanks for joining us, anyone who did, in any form. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we will be back next week, Wednesday, eleven a.m. Pacific. And until then, oh, what what is the uh, that you look it's like? Gonna be the, it's wow. gonna be the hundredth. That's episode. right. Yeah. This is this is. Finally I'm still it. getting better. Yeah. It's gonna be our hundredth <laughs> episode. Yeah. So uh, awesome. And just do it. Thanks for subscribing. We'll see you next week then. And yeah, we'll be celebrating our hundredth episode. I think Lars owes us a super massive track. So I gotta ask yeah. him about that. Our Patreon yeah. Lars. That was the challenge. But uh, but yeah, if there's anything you want to see uh, for the hundredth episode hit us up looks like just do it as a question so i'm, I'm stalling for time but uh, fcc says thanks guys great as always uh oh yeah this is an important question what's the uh, name of the cat? yeah right yeah he's always happy usually when he's hungry. sometimes occasionally see tina but steve yeah. tends to Steve's live the on the there yeah yeah everything while curtis is talking <laughs> just always. instantly judge yeah always yeah yeah, yeah. well for well, more steve yeah. join us on wednesday yeah we're, we always got steve coming in especially when he doesn't get fed yet he's a little uh grumpy but but when he's fed mm-hmm. he's very happy and just sitting there but uh but yeah much obliged for tuning in and we will see you next week <laughs>